0: Well, this is it, people. The unfortunate end of another era as we are forced to say goodbye to another one of our favorite shows that it seems like only we liked, but at the very least, we can say it seemed to definitely get a little bit more of a broad international appeal. This is the Kim's Convenience official finale podcast. Chris, I know this has been your favorite show
1: of the last couple of years, so you got any words to say? (sighs) Yeah, man. This show is amazing it's incredible i can't wait to give it the proper tribute it deserves right now enjoy this episode guys it's going to be a banger all that and more on today's podcast episode
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Talkin' TV podcast. So, we were going to do kind of the format that we have been doing for the last couple of weeks as far as, you know, releasing the, releasing this podcast and clips over the progressive week and keeping the full-length audio um, on, on audio exclusively, but... Then we, we, we talked it over and we were like, nah, this is, I mean, it's already, this show already got done dirty enough as it was. So it's like, we, we, we got to give it the proper, the proper treatment that it deserves, right? Just with the amount of, I feel like kind of attention that we've been giving it, you know? Like, I, I, again, I'm not going to say that it was a jinx. I'm not going to go that far because we finally got into this show right when it got canceled. But like, man, I, I mean, you're the guy who got me into this. So like you talked to, you talk more about it than me.
1: No, unfortunately, even even as Chelsea herself said on our show, um, and we did interview Gabriela Sundar Singh, by the way, guys, as well as Enrique Rodrigo Fernandez Stoll, as well as Mr. Mehta, Sujith Varahis, and as well as Omar Zayed Ek, humble brag. As, as Gabby said, though, bit. on our show, we told her this, and she said, you're not cursed. You guys are too nice to be cursed. And as much as I appreciate that, Sorry, I think we I don't cursed. know, man. And I hate I to know, say man. it. I, don't, look, I hate to all say All I'm going
0: to say is, look for, <laughs> is fant- look, for All Mankind is fantastic, but... God, I am even more worried about that show. Oh, man. I'm even I, more worried. I'm afraid to touch I'm it so at worried. this point. I, I don't want to. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. I'm like, I can't. I can't handle another one. I just can't. I it's mean, I much. get it. Look, it's the age of streaming. Like, the, the the chances of shows getting canceled now are apparently higher than they've ever been before, just as far as, you know, it's just so hard to capture people's attention. I get it. And I guess I would take that as kind of just like another, you know, standardization if the circumstances behind the cancellation of this show weren't so baffling. But look, we've already talked about that. We've already kind of expressed our overall confusion with the cancellation. All the stars of the show, you know, Paul sun Young Lee, uh, Simu Liu have all expressed their kind of confusion over the cancellation. That's not what this episode is. We're not here to debate the merits of, oh, what exactly happened between, you know, with the behind the scenes and everything. That's not what we're doing here. Right now, all the purpose of this episode is to go over the final season of this show, which wrapped roughly a couple weeks ago, uh, and we're going to pay tribute to... Again, kind of that, you know, one of those lower key shows that we fell in love with, you know, that unfortunately was canceled before it got a chance to really reach the even wider audience that it already had been. And also potentially discuss maybe some of the problems that erupted because of the cancellation, you know, because in addition to this being a show that was canceled before it had a chance to actually finish, it was another show that, among many, many others, that was affected by COVID. So we're going to discuss all of that today. But, Chris, before we do that, do you have anything else that you wanted to add as far as just, like, you know... Your thoughts on the show? Like I said, I mean, again, you, you were the guy who got me into this, you know? So as far as I'm concerned, this is, this is, this is your bread as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, no, I think um, pretty much everything Dom said for the reasons of the fact of the matter is that we're here to honor the show. And as much as it's fun to gossip and sort of, you know, spread the rumor mill, especially if it keeps something alive that you just lost, in this case, you know, the Kim's fans, I think, desperately trying to cope with losing a show that's so near and dear to all of our hearts, and I get it, but it's just not honoring the legacy of this incredible show. And, and if you guys want to know, of course, we ask the tough questions in our interviews with all of the Kim's actors we've had on the show so far. So that's where you can get our thoughts today, this morning, and this episode, whenever you hear it, whatever time, years from now, decades from now, whatever... It's about honoring the show, not necessarily exactly. playing playing the rumor mill, Keep keeping that thing spinning. So, yeah, with that being said, I think let's get into our first main topic of the day. Yes, so, which is? Our first topic is going to be our review of season five. So, yes. Dom, why don't you start off? What are your thoughts on season five?
0: Yeah, so season five, I, I, again, like, I, I was definitely, again, something that I've been doing with a lot of different shows recently, which is that, again, I came in late to the game, I literally only started watching, I only started watching the first season of the show in January, you know, thank God the first four seasons were on Netflix, so I had to binge through it pretty quickly, so, you know, I've obviously I fell behind a couple times just because of just the busyness of my life in general, but... Instantly, as I've said before, the show had a charm and a grasp of reality that very, very few sitcoms that I've seen before really did. And well, it definitely certainly had its ups and downs as far as you know, certain embellishing other s- certain sitcom tropes while kind of you know breaking away from certain others as the seasons went on. I definitely felt like certain seasons were better than others in the build up of the season five. But I think immediately off the bat, it becomes apparent that season five prior to the cancellation was in that stage of what we like to call kind of setup seasons, right? This is a trend that I've noticed, not just in sitcoms, but in other shows in general, right? A big particular thing that I noticed this with was skins, where because skins traded off its cast every couple seasons, it would usually only have two seasons that you would get to know the cast. Season one would usually be what I like to call the fun and games intro segment, where we get to know each of the characters, and then season two would usually be what I call, like to call the depressing down of the dump season, where we really get to see the characters in their prime, dealing with some absolutely horrific things. And, Tim's obviously is a sitcom, so it's not going to go that depressing and harsh. But it definitely, I will say, had that kind of structure where, you know, the odd seasons would typically be like setting up for certain things. And then the even seasons would usually be like wrapping up some of those storylines in order to transition into the next stage. And season five, without a doubt, was one of those seasons as far as I felt like there were a lot of new storylines that were being introduced. Some to the behest and kind of the detriment of previous storylines because they were definitely at the risk of spoiling anything. There were a lot of storylines that I felt like season four was setting up that were they kind of just dropped on the whim of a hat. Which again, I'm not going to get too angry about because I've seen other sitcoms do that before. So it's not certainly something that I'm not used to and I've seen other shows bounce back from it. But. It's definitely a situation of where the preemptive cancellation of it kind of did hurt it because even though I I personally think they did the best possible job they could have under incredibly difficult circumstances, both with the cancellation, with COVID, screwing up the schedules, with Simu obviously being absent for the first couple episodes of the season because he was filming Shang-Chi in Australia, like the show ultimately did, I think this season in particular, overcome the hardships that it had to do in its production, but I don't necessarily know at the end of the day if it made for the best season, and I feel like that's the fairest and most objective I can be if we're talking about just this season specifically,
1: but uh, what about you, Chris? What do you think? Am I unfounded in in those statements? I'm just going to come right out and say that I think season five is the weakest of all the seasons of the show. And it certainly, I think, suffers from a lot of factors. I think you touched upon a lot of them. And I think, you know, as squeaky clean as the cast and crew are seemingly trying to make the whole breakup and sort of dis, uh let's call it, um, you know, gone before its time ending of the show, I think there are problems and speculation. And I think that's why so many people want to spin that rumor mill because it clearly seems like the ball was dropped in so many different aspects. I mean, just coming out of season four alone, that finale was just jam packed with Oma and the illness. And we don't know what her illness is. And, and we don't really kind of see the scope of her MS throughout this season. I think there's two right. episodes, and Oma's a mainstay. She's she's second to the top billing, right below Appa Paul Sung Yi Lee. That's Jean Yoon. She's the she's the co-star. If there's two stars of this show, it's those two. You can talk all day about Simu, but he's 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 even below Janet. I mean, Andrea Bang is above Simu on the call sheet of this show. It's just how it was written. It's the way it is. You know, He became a star in his own right because this show has power, like we've seen. It's it's made quite a few stars now. But let's be honest. If Jean Yoon is the number two and she has this whole giant life change introduced to her at the end of season four, which I thought gave us so many different avenues and roads we could have went down, which, which yeah. makes season five all the more defeating. It's very upsetting to see that we barely touch upon it. And again, you have to remember, this show was renewed for two seasons, and the sixth and final season was coming. So perhaps the plan got cut short too early, and perhaps some reshoots were done, and we'll never know this, really. That's the problem. But all I'm saying is, even if that is the case, you want to build up to that. And and we completely dropped the ball with her storyline. Jumping into the Janet, Gerald, Chelsea, our friend Gabby, right? That storyline, man. Dropped what happened there right because she literally vanishes like no explanation at all well, well chelsea vanishes from the show she's in a few scenes one where she pops up in person and the other where they're texting so it's really not using it's just using her likeness not her as an actor and it's in the first episode where she's texting and it's when gerald and and janet first reunite and uh you know she's saying hey tell uh tell janet i know about the kiss and of course in a typical chelsea fashion it's very passive aggressive and and I, I I get it. I mean, we, we learned about Gabby's schedule and how busy she is, but it seemed like she was making it work for you know three seasons prior. What what happened this season? Why, why was the ball dropped there with that relationship? That dynamic was so interesting. And that moment where Gerald and Janet embrace each other after being friends, going through so much together, wasn't just a great sitcom moment. I thought that that's what this show had brought for so many years was that extra level of drama that most sitcoms don't dare to go as deep into. And so I really do think a lot of shows in their marketing and in their you know interviews will say that we're not just the comedy. We're the comedy that does this or the comedy that does that. Kim says they're the comedy that makes you laugh and cry. And I think a lot of time it's hyperbole. With this show, I genuinely believed that it was the comedy and something more. It wasn't just hearsay or, hey, get, get more butts in seats, right? And they dropped the ball on that relationship. With Simu sort of going to business school, I thought that was really interesting, a great way to handle it. But then again, we kind of... Okay, we know he's there because he's filming Marvel in Australia and the COVID year messes him up. So instead of shooting in Canada or New York City like he probably would or California, he's got to be halfway across the world. And there's no way he can fly back on weekends to shoot on Kim. So we're going to do something interesting because we know he has aspirations. But then we're going to bring him back in the back half of the season because, you know, he can only shoot a movie for so long and not address anything he was doing off screen to make it interesting, only bring it up in the second to last episode. And it's just like so many threads that were so ripe and ready to be plucked and, and just great ingredients that we just kind of let sour and go stale. And, and then the final product is kind of gross and you don't really want it. It doesn't taste as good as like what you've made in the past. Yeah. And there's so many more examples of that, but I'm just talking about the mainstays because it gets even more egregious in my opinion. And I hate to be this hard on this show, but it gets even more egregious in my opinion when you talk about the smaller characters we were developing and just how much of the ball we've dropped on them, but I don't know, man. That that's the filmmaking's the same. It's a sitcom. There's not much to say there. It's it's solid. It's one of the better ones. But again, it, that's not why you watch these types of shows, right? It's for the characters and the scenarios.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that and more. It's pretty funny. I felt like again we were doing that thing where we were kind of reading our minds without even being in the room. Where I'm literally texting. I'm like, I'm like, is it just me or does it feel like? All of these storylines were set up and just dropped at the whim of a hat. Like, I was texting even more. I'm like, where was Raj? Where did Chelsea go? Why are they just ignoring the kiss? Oh, Janet's a lesbian now, out of nowhere, you know? Like, again, all the stuff that could have been really cool if it was, like, setting up for future stuff. But then, like, again, like, the business school. I'm like, okay, look. I'm no stranger to stars having to like disappear from shows halfway through you know Ed Helms did it twice for the office you know granted obviously it wasn't noticeable the first time because he was flying back and forth you know shooting the hangover during the day and then flying back to do the office at night you know that's why it wasn't noticeable at all throughout season five and six and then season nine at the very least they at the very least you know they wrote it in as a part you know as a big storyline that he was gone so that they could you know compensate for the fact that he was shooting hangover too so that so that that part is is nothing new but like they did come back and address it and then just be like oh yeah I'm back Oh, what would you do? Oh, we're not going to talk about it. You know, just like certain things there. Like those are the parts that kind of confuse me as far as like, right. I get it. COVID screwed everyone up. Shang-Chi screwed everyone up. The cancellation screwed everyone up. Right. But like just little things there. Was it just a situation of where it's like you would already have the scripts written and we're halfway through production. So you didn't get a chance to like go back and do rewrites. Right. Or was it like something more, you know, as far as that goes. The other thing that I'll say in addition to add on to that is that, Again, I've criticized the show for this before as far as having certain of kind of the sillier, more sitcom-tropey episodes that I wasn't a big fan of because I thought it was beneath the show, because I thought the show was so much better than those scenarios. Mm-hmm. But I'll definitely say that those kind of, there were particularly egregious in this season. Like, there were a lot of episodes where I'm like, Oh, why are we doing this? Like that. And don't get me wrong, they still provided for some great moments overall, but like, oh, we just have a whole episode where Appa's like stalking kimchi for whatever reason. And oh, we're going to have the silly scenario of, oh, Appa doesn't support obviously marijuana consumption. And so what do we do? We, of course, have to have him accidentally eat one of Amma's cookies, you know? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's still created for some hilarious moments, but like, they were just, those those are like tropes that I'm like, I expect this, this show is better than this, you know? This show does not sink to these types of lows, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, though, it's like these actors are so... They feel so comfortable in the skin of the characters that they're playing that while I did notice from like a writing standpoint and from a critical standpoint that that was a very sort of weak excuse for an episode, the marijuana-ingesting episode... I still was laughing because Paul is just so good. So but, good in that part. But the problem is then you kind of go back as, as you prepare for these things like we do and you watch some of the earlier episodes and you, you realize, okay, like you're laughing harder. So even though you laughed in season five, it more so speaks to the characters being captured by the actors, but really the writer's room. I don't know what was going on there because- Man, we really dropped the ball this season. And you know what I do think, though? I think that season six would have been the finale that this show needed. And I think we set up a lot of threads because I I could fan fiction this thing and say that, well, we don't necessarily know if Janet's a lesbian, right? All we right. know is that she had a very traumatic experience, her best friend could have became her lover, and the love interest she was after was finally embracing her around wow, when that happened, and we know it leads people to get really confused and do some crazy things, and maybe yep. it was just like a, a phase for her, maybe she's bisexual, we don't know what her preference is, and so I think... It's hard to assume that because the show didn't give us the answers there. And that is very interesting in and of itself because it could be an awesome way to add representation for so many people, which I think this show did really well. And sort of bring like those LBGTQ voices in, in like like a way that like made sense with the story, but we got cut short. And then with this whole Simu thing being offered the store by Appa and Oma and will he take it will he not he wasn't going to take it but then Shannon broke up with him will him getting involved in his parents business though create that rift between them that's finally being fixed between Appa and Simu you know Appa and Jung right will we fix that and and we don't know now because there were so many different ways you could take it because you know in doing business with family things get messy And that's why a lot of people say I know that. I know that from personal experience. I can attest to that. And exactly why I'm saying that to you. We don't need to go any further, but you know what I mean. And so it's like I do. There was so much that even though this season was a little lackluster, I always believed the through line was there, but then you have to wonder, right? Because I was watching and you watched as well, Paul Sung E. Lee's live stream. and, And he was even saying, I don't want to believe it. But could there have been some news coming down the pike in the editing process that, hey, our two creative heads, Kevin White and Inch Cho, might not be working together longer in the future? So if this has to be a final season, what can we cut? How can we shift this thing to make it at least presentable if this is it? And I think that last shot which is a beautiful shot of Oma yes. and Apa closing the lights on the store, embracing yes. each other. And they walked so elderly too. Like that was yes. the first time I really saw them walk like they were an old couple. Like they're yeah. middle aged until that scene when they become seniors. And it was yes. so telling of, of, Maybe there was more behind the curtain here. I don't want to spin the rumor mill too much, but like the mind has to go there, right? What's you take has to, on all that? Especially,
0: no, but it, it, you you have to because especially be given that like this sh- this season really did feel like you know we've talked about this before, right? When you get like good shows that like actually understand the sense that they need to put into a finale, right? And how so few shows have inherently understood that over time because TV by nature is designed to last forever, and it's really only been a recent phenomena that we get shows that actually are trying to build up to that ending, you know. And and, and how hard that is and the fact that this show was clearly building up so hard that just has to lead me to assume that they really had a banger finale built up and if not for whatever the hell it was that happened behind the scenes again that's not what we're here to do we're not here to make allusions as to what happened between the creators and what happened that eventually led to this abrupt cancellation with them walking away but it definitely like you, you have to go there because it's not just things that are unfounded it's things that are clearly there that you are seeing with your eyes it's, it's a thing that you have said most multiple multiple times before on the show you know people have eyes people are going to pick up on certain things you know they're not stupid you know so like I I don't blame you at all for like going there as far as that goes you know as far as spinning out the rumor mail especially given the fact that we know that just the regular casual fans are not the only ones that are abrupt by this the entire cast was was abrupt by this like no one saw this coming
1: yeah so let's do our final thoughts on the season five before we jump into our next topic what uh what would your final thoughts be man
0: uh, yeah, ultimately, again, it's, uh, it's, it's so hard to, 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 I feel like give it a fair critique given just the abrupt amount of caveats that go into this and everything. And ultimately, while I will say that this is most definitely the weakest season of Kim's for me personally, I still did very much enjoy my time with it. And as far as kind of the finale, again, doing as good of a job as it possibly could given the absolutely like mountain size of, of uh, kind of cleft that it has to overcome. I still very much enjoyed my time with this, and I still give this season overall a three and a half out of five stars.
1: Yeah, if not for those last three episodes where I think the voice of the show was reestablished. I'd be very upset and I'd feel cheated yeah. and I still feel a little hurt, but I don't feel cheated, which is good because I want to preserve the legacy of this show just because of how much it means to me. So thank God we got some of that Enrique episode and some of those uh, moments with Appa and, and you know the whole family together at the Kim's table yes. pitching the store it really saved the series for me. And, and then that dinner at the end was... Well, you'll let the fan rumors fly on that one, but uh, it seems like they knew it was coming. But yeah, so with all that being said, I'm going to go with three out of five, because I think the show could do better, and I've seen it do better, and so it hurts to say that, but we didn't end on the high that we began on, but that's okay, because we have a bunch of other topics about Kim's in this episode, guys, so if you... Have any sort of like you know? Hey, I don't really agree with you guys. Like maybe you're being too hard. You know, like it was a good season. Relax. Or if you agree with us, or if we're even harsher than we are on that finale, man, the season five ending impromptu of the show. Let us know in the comments below. And with that being said, subscribe, hit that bell to turn on notifications so you never miss when we post a video, and uh, give it a little thumbs up because the algorithm likes that. And We'll give you a virtual high five. Uh, With that being said, let's jump into our second topic. We kind of alluded to it a little bit, but this is where we can kind of go all out, you know, leave nothing on the table, as they like to say. Let's give our thoughts on the impromptu finale. If there was ever a section where speculation could take hold in this review, I'd say this would be the section. So Dom, what are your thoughts on this impromptu finale?
0: I mean, number one, it made me happy because it made it very clear that they were getting rid of my least favorite character on the show that I've kind of hated since day one, which is, of course, the Shannon character. I've made my thoughts clear to you since day one that I think that of all the characters that kind of grew and evolved out of kind of their typical generic sitcom roots, I feel like, and again, no disrespect to the actress Nicole Power because she did a banger job like just, you know, embodying the residual awkwardness and silliness of that character throughout the years, but she was the only character to me that really felt like that typical sitcom character, you know, and again, not to draw any illusions or anything, but just based off of what I've heard about the relationship between the creators, you know, Inz Choi being clearly the originator of the, of the play and Kevin White and his partner being the more creative mind. And just hearing that Kevin White definitely had more of a preference towards Shannon as far as, you know, with the fact of her spinoff that she was getting, you know, whatever that's going to be called with that reality show that she's going on. I will definitely admit that it, that, that kind of answered a lot of the questions as to why of all the characters that seem to grow over time that seem to really evolve and get out of kind of those generic silly roots you know that they kind of found themselves in you know like certain characters that started one way and then started to go another direction and then upped it from there like kimchi was another one who I thought was going to annoy the shit out of me from day one is like you know the kind of the typical best friend character and even he actually evolved and grew in a really really interesting and fascinating way overall you know throughout the show and even the rest of the handy staff members that got brought in in the third season is how we got to know each one of them more you know all these characters that could have been these really obvious sitcom types that ended up just growing and getting so much more enriching character fulfillment and development shannon to me was the only one that i just i'm like oh why just why you know and so I'll definitely admit that, again, at the risk of sounding too mean, it definitely made me a little happy just seeing that, you know, obviously that whatever the sixth season was going to be, she was not going to be around for, which I think was just, I think it was just going to be good for Jung overall, just from a character perspective, just as far as, you know, finally giving him a chance to grow beyond, you know, kind of this character that he, you know, had. she had been pining for him and then he had been pining for her, this back and forth again, again, that's the only element that I'll say was kind of generic for me per se. But as for the rest of the finale, like, I loved it. I thought it was like, it was a really, really interesting spot as far as where it could go. I thought it was setting up all the right beats for, you know, where the final season was going to go as far as Jung and his relationship with the rest of the Kims. I definitely think that as far as what Janet was doing, um, hers, I will admit, was definitely one of the storylines that I felt like got mucked up the most by the cancellation. But even with everything that was going on with her as far as finding herself and everything, I definitely think that that showed promise, maybe as far as bringing Gerald back into the fold in a more substantial, meaningful way. Um, yeah, it's just, it's 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 real. It's a really tricky, tricky situation, because it simultaneously was both an incredible setup for what could have been, but also an incredibly satisfying finale in and of itself, and I don't think that I could really say that about any other final episode that I've gotten of a TV show before, but like, well, well, what are your thoughts on that? because I know that you've always had different thoughts on Shannon than I have.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to start with sort of the finale, and and, and I think because while it was a messy season, and while I think that the circumstances here are incredibly unique, just go and look up why the show can't be revived, and your guys' minds will be blown. For once, it's not a network problem. For once!
0: It's It's honestly insane!
1: It's a different problem. I'd say it's a crime of passion and and conflicting ideologies, which, hey, that happens in collaborative art forms, but anyways... You know, for as as much as I hate the fact that we didn't get all the resolutions that I want, and we'll save that for our sort of our characters section, which is coming up in the next topic. But for as much as I hate that I feel cheated by that, and I do think Janet's character suffered the most because I've always felt that her arcs were the longest and slowest to play out because, you know, being that age and and professionally pursuing a creative career – which is something that we're in that age group of Janet professionally pursuing a creative career. It's difficult, it's muddled, and you cannot rush that because we're still finding our way, and we've grown quite a since, quite a long time since we first met each other. We've, we've gone a few years now, and we're still pursuing the same creative passions like Janet. So I think they handle all these characters' voices so well, and the show definitely gets hurt by cutting it short in that regard, not seeing their resolution. But what I do think you can say this show is so special because even though... It got cut short, and even though we know we're missing so much substance from every single one of the mainstays, and so much development is now lost from all those handy employees, and from you know Gerald and Chelsea and and that resolution sort of like because I don't think Gerald's main billing yet. I think he could have gotten there, and he was close, but him. he certainly was not one of the main. Even though we lost so much promise there and prospect with those characters and rich storytelling was lost, we still have this such sound filmmaking and such an understanding of this show that we end on a high, which is incredible to me to see that they ended on a high because the one yes. thing I will say with like Shannon and Jung, I was really praying to myself watching that I was like, oh my God, please don't walk up there crying and you know, embrace your family in tears. be you you, you know, you guys have grown so much as characters. Show me. That you both understand that the relationship was going nowhere and that you're going to handle this like adults and enjoy your last moment together, even though it hurts. It's the harder decision to make. It's it's what I thought would be the right character progression. So even though so much was mishandled, I think the overall sentiment of where these characters were going to go was, was never misunderstood. And so that's why I think we recover and land on our feet because they do go up there. They do sit down. They do have this nice moment. And for once, the kids... Really mature in the in the sense that they're selfless. They understand, like, man, Appa and Oma are getting old. Oma has MS, and everyone knows it at that point. And this isn't our moment, you know this this dinner that they made for us to come over actually isn't for us. It's for them, you know. And then in in that, the parents know that they're giving that memory of we know life gets messy, and we've had our ups and downs, but. Even years after all this trauma, Jung leaving the house, being a reckless kid and, you know, Kimchi taking him in and them sort of like scraping to get by and, and Oma and Appa just having their different views on Jung. We can all put that aside because families go through ups and downs and we're here in this moment. And I think that's such a testament to like the show and the writers understanding the characters. Shannon has to walk away. If Shannon doesn't walk away, Jung is not going to grow and do his own thing Because Jung's always been in the shadow of someone And I think he always has lived life With a chip on his shoulder and that's really no way to live. And now that he's finally taken the reins in his own hands, he, he can't stay at Handy anymore, you know? He's not going to get his management job back because Kim, she's doing such a great job. And he, and he still cares for Shannon in a friend way, and, and, and he still loves her in a different way. He, it's not like they ended on an egregious note, so he's not going to go for her job as the head of Handy. He needs to spread his wings and get out from under everyone else. And so while I, I think... It took me a while to win Shannon over. My first time watching the show, I do agree. I think that a she plays the generic sitcom character because I will agree with you there in a way that I don't think many other have before her. I think she kind of redefines that trope, but it is still a trope. But I think while it's still a trope, what she serve what she does to as because actors give it's a very you know they always when you interview an actor as we've been learning they always talk about what he gives me is why my performance was so good. So I think what she gives to the characters in regards to being this boss who understands and is so welcoming, she, she almost in my mind kind of is the reason why their relationship has to end because she's just such a great support system for Jung that she turns him into someone completely different than when they met. And I get it because that's gotta be sad and heartbreaking, but like, she's the reason why he has all this confidence if you really think about it, you know? She's the reason why he he was given a first position to get management and to think to want to go and grow off and, and sort of progress further past Handy and get that management under, you know, assistant manager job. And so it's, like, beautiful the way it ends. The problem is, though, with this impromptu nonsense that we're dealing with, it's like, there was so much more story to tell. And I don't think there was... Here's the real, and I'll let you jump back in after this. The real killer is there wasn't like seasons worth. We knew it was going to end after season six. We just had to hit the last few beats so we could know where these characters end up. We want some speculation. We don't need to resolve everything. I think the best sitcoms leave you kind of open-ended. But we don't know that, and it sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It's, It's a Schrodinger's cat situation as far as it both is and isn't you know it's like we can have the possibilities of like where these characters go off and certain of them we know where they're going and certain of them we don't obviously again now because we know obviously that the Shannon spinoff is coming and we know that uh you know a- Andrew Fung obviously has talked about his own show that he's doing which even though that that that's not going to be associated with Kim that he will be playing a different character obviously it's always going to be like you know kind of thoughtful to assume oh you know maybe uh, you know maybe it will be you know a kimchi thing you know obviously I know Simu and Andrew were joking about like you know potentially doing a Jung-Chi thing, but <laughs> you're right, it's, and that's ultimately the most unsatisfying thing about this is the fact that we can have those thoughts in our head, but we'll never have any official confirmation of it, and that's what stings the most overall, you know, is that I can have my own thoughts on it, you can have your own thoughts on it, but at the end of the day, it was robbing as far as how the feeling goes, and like that, that feeling sucks no matter how you put it, you know. At the very least, I'll say it definitely got more resolution than GLOW did, which GLOW, did not know that it was getting canceled, and they were in the middle of filming their fourth season when they got the axe. So at the very least, it's more satisfying than that, where they, did as little time as they had, at the very least, had a little bit of time in order to kind of, like, hit a few of those beats that they needed in order to make the finale actually feel like a resolution. But it's still, it, it, it doesn't help, like, kind of to the amount that you're talking as far as, like, you know, providing that, like,
1: you know, that juicy big resolution that, like, everyone was kind of hoping for, you know? yeah. Totally, man. Well, we'll jump into another segment here, guys. What did you think about the Impromptu finale? Did you think that this show recovered, landed on its feet? Are you angry? Are you upset about it? What are your thoughts on that? Let us know in the comments below. Of course, subscribe. Hit that bell so you get notified every time we go live or post a video. Give this video a like. Obviously, follow us on social media at Talking TV Podcast, anywhere that matters. And thanks for watching the show. We appreciate it. Now, Dom, we have a few more topics left. I kind of want to yes. jump to this one. I know I put it at last, but I kind of want to create some space between um, the third segment. So I, I want to ask you, man, Like, in your opinion, what made this show so special?
0: Oh, man. I mean, I've talked about it a lot before as far as, you know, what it is that's separated. You know, like when I watched the first episode, I was like, all right, this is good. This is already kind of setting itself apart from, like, differences just as far as, like, what the first episode hits as far as its subject matter goes, you know? And, yeah, again, it had the show had its fair share of silly moments. And like you said, there were seasons that were better than others, obviously, like any sitcom does. But to me... And I said this before, the thing that sets this apart from other sitcoms is the fact that it just has that raw sense of heart. Because this is an actual family, you know, that we're focused around. This is not... A workplace, this is not a group of friends, this is not a political satire, it's not a tech satire, it's not any of those, you know. It's a family, and any good family show is going to have those emotional beats, especially since it's an immigrant family. So just as far as seeing kind of the differences between generations, as far as, you know, the you know, the actual immigrants versus the first generation kids, you know, as far as all that went. And in addition to this being based off of a play, which already to me gives it a sense of legitimacy, I'll say, for lack of a better word, that I feel like a lot of sitcom, other sitcoms don't have. It just, it has a lot of those moments that I feel like a lot more people can relate to. In addition to the fact that, again, that it that it does focus on a, uh, a, a sect that does not necessarily get a lot of focus, that being, uh, what's it called that, Asians. I can't say Asian-Americans because this is not an American show. It's a Canadian show. But again, the cast is predominantly, you know, Koreans, Indians. Um, what are some of the uh, you know uh, what's it called Chinese people you know they're like that the cast is predominantly so just from that sense alone it's going to have a lot of a lot more of a fresh original unique take as as far as all that goes so just for all of those reasons alone I feel like it gets a, a step above most other sitcoms but. It's also just a sense of where it's one of the first sitcoms where I feel like it actually puts its characters through growth and not through kind of like that manipulative growth that makes it seem like the characters are growing when in reality you're kind of just, you know, rinsing and resetting each season so that you can keep people around with the same set of characters. These characters do go through growth. These characters do grow through go through shifts and major changes, you know? The kimchi that we're left with at the end of the season is not the kimchi that we start with. The appa that we get at the end of the show is not the appa that we started with. The same goes for Uma, Janet, Jung, even even Shannon to an extent. Even though she's my least like character, she's my least favorite character. All the characters that we go through actually do go through a lot of growth and change. And I, I think the, also that the show does is so so much of the time, right? When sitcoms have to go quote unquote serious per se, it either feels. Overly sentimental Force Or trying to get a message Down your throat And it feels like it always fails As far as that goes But this was the first show That I've seen That actually was able to hit Those emotional beats Like the moments That I'll keep coming back to Are the jung Appa moments At the end of the first two seasons You know First when Jung comes to visit Appa when he's in the hospital And they have that And even though Appa's high out of his mind On whatever drugs uh, The doctors have put him on It creates for like This really touching And emotional moment That I was not expecting And then the end of season two When um but when they have that beautiful moment in the bar, when they unexpectedly have that unexpected text chain and they just have that great moment, you know, like those are the moments that like I personally just don't get from most of the sitcoms that I've watched. You know, I can think of maybe three other sitcoms that I've watched in my entire life that have those moments, you know, and this was the first sitcom that I'm like, OK, they've earned these moments, you know, and that's just like already steps it above like. A majority of the other sitcoms that I've watched so if I had to say one thing that this show has over other sitcoms but again the sitcom is I've said a, t- a style of tv show that I do not typically gravitate towards I gotta say it's for those reasons
1: yeah I hear that man I totally do and I think sort of speaking to your whole sort of the representation aspect I think even though it is the Canadian experience our continent that we live on you know North America it is has been occupied for about 400 years now by like immigration and there's more than just you know European voices that immigrated over here and it's nice that we finally get to see some of that and how they've adjusted. So refreshing. Yeah and how they've sort of been able to traverse the experience that we've all shared on this continent and that's something that both of our countries Canada and the United States have shared and so it's cool to see that and to get a different sort of palette on, on that sort of experience it's it's it was refreshing and I think it's you know what I also think this show did its homework I mean it helps that Inge Cho is Korean himself but you kind of get some smaller aspects of the Korean experience in there like the whole Dongjin thing where it's like Kimchi and Jung playing that prank on themselves at work where it's you know it's sexual harassment but the problem is it's the culture is not seeing it that way. So Korean, it's a harmless prank, but in the workplace, in a Western society, it's considered sexual harassment and we have this beautiful clash of ideologies and the way a sitcom is able to tackle that is so interesting where I think, you know, other shows try and tackle this type of thing and it just ends up being disrespectful to, either, to, to one or the other side, if not both, but the way that this show is able to sort of show like, hey, like we're all we all have to learn how to live together because everyone brings their own unique experience to the table and it's going to be a little messy, but it's going to be okay. Like for all that, you know, people preach in, in this industry, it's like they weren't even preaching and they hit the nail on the head with that one perfectly. And there's so many different examples of Appa sort of having to find his way through the changing landscape of our society and, and they handle it always so Perfectly, because they give you the middle-aged perspective, they give you the immigrant perspective, they give you whoever he's talking to's perspective, and it's just always a respectful culmination that leads to a very enjoyable and enriching experience, which, I mean, it's strange how this show can be so deeply cultural, and yet so take what you want from it at the same time. You know, you don't need to get drowned in sort of those aspects, but if you want it, it's there and it's done in a way where it actually really is. Oh, wow. I learned a little bit about that culture, man. I had no idea about that. And it's, it's cool to me. Like, I think that's what happens when filmmakers and I guess playwrights as well in this situation really care about what they're writing. They take the time to do the research and they really, bring that to the table, it made it feel authentic. And to someone like me who had no idea of like the Korean Canadian experience, I at least have a little taste now. And I, I, I at least it's, it's on my radar, you know, and that's cool because I think we need to be as accepting of everyone's voices as possible. And unless we give voices to shows like these, we're not going to know about it because we can't be in multiple places at once. Right. And especially with COVID being locked down, only, only being able to go so far, it's like, our filmmakers are going to be the ones to bring those different perspectives to us and i'm glad this show actually did what so many have said they're going to do and i think yes. that's special in and of itself yeah no
0: i agree with that 110% like it's it's one thing right obviously with dealing with hollywood's never ending sense of hypocritical bullshit but when you see a show that actually sticks to its guns and actually goes there and is able to accomplish it in a sitcom, which, again, or so again, it was what sitcoms used to do as far as kind of handling, you know, those mundane little issues, you know, while at the same time being so endearing with those characters. You know, again, like, we, we, we've we joked in the past about, you know, kind of the previous Hollywoods regarding of, like, the disposable nature of television, when in reality television ended up touching so many more people on a personal level than, you know, sometimes most movies do. You know, so it, it's kind of yeah. interesting how, you know, that kind of dichotomy has come,
1: and I feel it come almost full circle within this show. Show, you know? Yeah. No. Totally, man. That's it's cool. It's cool when a little show like this kind of becomes a behemoth, like it has. It's it's cool when a country that's not known for exporting big franchise worthy or zeitgeist worthy rather television series or productions ex- has an export that is so huge and kind of makes you wonder, hey, like we're paying attention to a different sort of, you know, film community now, you know, like we're welcoming in the Canadian film industry into our mainstream zeitgeist and it's promising and it gives me hope for like what's on the horizon, you know? It's it's yeah. it's cool when shows like shit's and Kim's can slowly start to put a whole new player being the cbc in the mix and so yes. i'm really i'm really excited man because you know there's bollywood that's been popping up and, and creating a lot of waves the korean film industry south korean film industry has been crushing it lately yes. and now canadian yes. film industry is another player and it's it's really cool to see like i think competition yeah. i've always said this competition in the in the marketplace is a great thing and i'm glad we're finally getting it it's because hey man let's you american filmmakers the, the you know the bar has been raised how can you up this show yeah you know and yes and indeed. by all means you'll have resources to get it out there even bigger than Kim's did you know you could be big out the gates because of the machine you have behind you so let's see that that that's what I would post yeah. to those filmmakers but yeah. with that being yeah, said Don, did do you want to jump into the final topic yes let's do the final topic which is again the
0: growth of of the characters overall. So, before we get into this section, again, let us know your thoughts in the comments below on what it is that you guys loved about this show. Because, again, we're not the only ones that have watched the show. We actually were able to get a decent amount of our friends and followers into it. So, let us know your thoughts on that in the comment section below. Be sure to click the like button, the subscribe button on this video, and follow us on our social media pages at Talking TV Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So, the growth of the characters, uh, specifically, I definitely think that, like I said before, the characters started off in one direction. And then kind of ended in another, you know? I mean, again, I I feel like that's, yeah. Again, anybody who has eyes who watches anything will know that you don't want to watch something and see a character stay in one position until the end. You know, you want to see your characters grow and change in some capacity. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. And the one thing that I can say that as far as kind of immediately establishing what kind of a show this was as far as it being, you know, a Korean immigrant family and I'm like, okay, there are definitely like five different ways that this show could go and I'm so beyond happy and refreshed to say that it really didn't go in either of those, you know, as far as, you know, Janet moving out and kind of developing her own storyline. Jung, as far as, you know, starting off what I thought was going to be one way, I'm like, oh, it's always going to be the thing of where Jung is going to be straight laced and is going to be, you know, the antagonistic force, you know, just because of, by nature of where they are, you know, and then they both kind of end up swapping multiple positions, you know, some Sometimes in the detriment, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little silly. Why are they still arguing, you know? But sometimes in a very legitimate sense, it's like, yeah, Jung's hot-headed nature gets the better of him, you know? That's a, I, I definitely think that the show does a really, really interesting thing as far as showing that, like, the characters can act certain ways around certain people, which is really something that you haven't seen in TV before, but that's how human beings act. Human beings act certain ways when they're around certain people. I know for certain that that's something that I've done in many, many different elements in my life, you know? I know for a fact you have as well, you know? Like, I see you act certain ways around certain people and certain ways around other people, and this show captured that so incredibly well, you know? As far as... As Umma and all of her, like, kind of little, you know, little, like, tendencies as far as that goes. And I I think also one of the most refreshing things, too, was seeing the amount of people who commented on the show, right? And ultimately said, like, just how much they were able to relate to it because, like you said, they captured the Korean immigrant experience so Accurately, like to a T, like people would look at Ummah and say, "Yeah, that's exactly the thing that my Umma would do, or that's exactly something that my Opa would do." As far as that goes, you know, like that's just one small sense as to how well this show captured, you know, the legitimacy of, of of kind of that experience overall, and it reflected really in each and every one of the characters, even the lesser known characters that we got to know over the time outside of the chems, obviously with Kimchi, with Shannon, with the Metas, with Gerald, with Chelsea, with even Mister Chin and with guys like Mister Chin and Frank. Who are mostly like kind of one-off joke characters, you know? I even said before that, like, even Mr. Chin is kind of like the generic, you know, kind of best friend character that's only there to throw out quips. Even he had moments that like really surprised me. Like, I still think one of the one of my favorite moments is the moment where he's he's doing an obvious scenario by comparing himself to one of his bus boys, and and Mr. Kim is just like, well, why don't you just fire this guy if he's if he's so distracting? And he's like, Oh, please, he's a looker, but he has no brains, he would never survive out there. Like, just those moments alone just help to separate these characters so much much from like the generic sitcom roots you know but like yeah. again like that's you a great mr. Chin I impression by
1: the
0: way i wasn't trying i wasn't trying to like do that but like i always thought that like mr chin was like it's like james is like that out uh, that that asian actor who was in all of those different movies uh uh james oh my god what's his name um the guy who voiced um pose dad and i think it's not james Wan. james hong james hong he's like a he's like a thrice removed James Hong and I don't know if he's doing that impression intentionally or if that's just his natural demeanor but either way it's like it, it, it's it's really funny and it always made me like kind of like gravitate towards him as you know as like kind of the people that were in um,
1: you know Appa's circle specifically you know Totally, man. I, I I so I'll work my way outward and and eventually land at the Kim's family at the heart of it all because I think how else could you do this? So yeah. you're right, man. Frank, Mr. Chin, Mr. Meta, season one they're just kind of like, hey, the uh, comic relief because the drama really happens within the Kim family and Kimchi, who I would say is honestly a Kim at this point. Um, pretty much, pretty much. And so it's great to see the relationship. I mean, even with Rodrigo. You know Enrique, who we had on the show, he really at first was just the quip character, and then we yep. eventually end up going on to see him sort of slowly being like, "Mr. Kim, I'm not giving up on you." You know, I know that you claim to be this bitter, this bitter guy, but there's a softy in there because look at how much you still fight for Jung, even though and and Enrique is always listening in and he hears these dramatic moments as he's shopping in the back of the store, and it's just it's so great how they're able to take all these side characters who I think Mr. Kim, his development at first doesn't show you sort of the, the way he cares about them. You know, it's like Mr. Kim, when you first meet him, it's like, okay, he's the business owner and he has these side characters and you know, they're his friends, they pop in, but he's trying to run a business and make his way. But then slowly over time, I think Mr. Kim's development is realizing like, these are my customers, but like, is Enrique my friend? Uh, he 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 tries to hug me. Should I should I let him start to hug me? Do I appreciate him coming in? Do I look forward to his every two? Tu- let's just say we don't know the exact day, but let's just say Enrique comes in every Tuesday, and Mr. Kim's like, do I look forward to that actually? Do I like enjoy sort of my exchanges with him? You know, like, should I not be as hardened? Should I let people in? Is it finally okay to put my walls down? Because I finally made it. After all these years, I feel safe and sound in my in my situation, you know? I think that's awesome that they use these side characters to slowly become more than side characters and sort of exemplify not only Mr. Kim and the Kims and, and give more depth to their characters, but... In doing that, those exchanges, we get to learn more about like Enrique and his like good-hearted nature. And sometimes he's a bit abrasive and he comes in too strong, but it's always because he cares, right? And he's like teaching. He's a nurse, so he's he's showing people how to do things that can save lives. And so he really is a genuine person. And I'm really glad we had the at least the amount of seasons we had to sort of see like man, every character has a purpose that at least has significant talking lines in this show. It's not only to accent the Kims, though, which is brilliant, because I think there's, in a lot of sitcoms, throwaway characters who don't necessarily have their own arcs. They're really just there as tools to sort of help you feel for the main cast. And then working your way in more, you have, like, the Janets, um, and sorry, the Gerald's, the Chelsea's, the, um, the Shannons of the world, and the whole Handy crew, and the way that they sort of become a support system for each other. And, you know, in the last season, um, Stacy goes with kimchi kind of selfishly to laugh at him because he's in like this weird love triangle that he created for himself with his old high school fling but also because like man she 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 wants to be there for him in case something goes wrong and something goes sour because they become such good friends you know when she was going through a hard time with her father who wasn't doing well they were just man it's okay you know come in late come in when you have to leave when you have to we totally get it because we're more than just characters who are doing bit parts with each other we've kind of made it feel so real with the writing that now it's like man there's support systems everywhere in this show which i don't think the web on other sitcoms is as tight as this one and of course when you work your way finally into the kims it's like yeah they have their ups and downs but like what family doesn't and i think the realism when it comes to them is just the astounding part of this show and what makes it so interesting because while it is obviously rooted in, you know, Korean culture, it also just kind of speaks to a family dynamic in general. Like families aren't perfect. They're, they're messy and they have their problems and they have their ups and downs and we're not going to, resolve that by just having a zany adventure where we come together. We're going to do the real stuff on this show. We're going to have the moments that don't have resolve, and we're going to give it time. We're going to give it seasons to cool down, like in real life. You know, life has seasons, man. You have your good seasons and your bad seasons, and this show, I think, really captured the human aspect of these types of stories in sitcoms, which I wouldn't say I've never seen, but It's been quite some time since I have seen it. And I think that really is exemplified by the actors feeling so comfortable in these roles and being perfectly cast, but also the writers. And just this beautiful storm is what I think this show was. It's just a perfect culmination. It was one of those zeitgeist moments where all the stars aligned. And here you have these amazing character arcs that cut too soon, cut too short, but because of how hard and how expertly crafted and executed all the moments we had up until the impromptu finale was—it's—it's it's still hard to be upset as a Kim bit as a fan because look, we 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 always are gonna want more, but at least what we got was top tier, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, it's a situation that happens every time you have a show that's canceled
0: too soon. It's a matter of yeah, you want more, but you definitely learn to appreciate what you get. Ultimately, at the end of the day, which I feel like, if that doesn't sum up Kim's just in a nutshell as far as you know so. appreciating what you have when you have it, then I don't know what does. So I guess
1: uh, unless you have any more final, th- uh, do you have any really more final thoughts that you want to hit? The last thing I'll say is, I'm finding more and more comfort in that moment, that final scene of Appa and Oma sort of walking off into the darkness, closing the store, just going on to live another day. Because I think, well, it sucks. This show got cut short all you can do is pick yourself up off your feet and get back in the saddle and continue on. And that's kind of what I got from that. So, yeah. I th- I, it, it definitely like I I don't want to be that
0: guy as far as spelling out rumors for what could have happened but I will definitely say that it definitely kind of like maybe a little bit worried is like oh no was the finale going to be like them cutting ahead like doing the Parks and Rec thing where you cut ahead several years to eventually like just Jung and Janet standing over like their graves like I, I didn't want to put that
1: thought oh, in my head be because horrible. that's such a
0: depressing mor- That's such a depressing morose thought and I already had to sit through that twice with both six feet under on Parks and Rec and I would not want to sit through that again ultimately but yeah it, it definitely kind of put that thought in my head but as far as kind of the finale, again, with just the mountain load of bullshit that they had to overcome with the behind-the-scenes, I definitely think they nailed it and did the best possible job that they could have. And at the end of the day, that's all that I could have asked for the show. Again, this was always going to be a show I feel like that you were going to get more out of than me. But just the fact that I got this much out of the show, I would definitely say just shows the power of this show. So with that being said, people, thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Talking TV podcast. And we just have to say, Well, first we have to say thanks to Kim's Convenience, ultimately, because in a weird way, Kim's Convenience is the reason why we have this podcast, because that was the show that when I first left school after kind of like the disaster train that was my finals week, like that Chris kind of was telling me about as far as one of the new shows that he was into, as far as that eventually led to kind of the construction and the inception behind Talking TV. So obviously, again, thanks to all the incredible cast members that we got to interview. You know, it's been an incredible journey as far as that goes. Thanks to Kim's Convenience for, in a weird way, being kind of the conception behind the talking TV podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that might be grasping at straws, but hey, I'll take it, I feel it like, because this show's earned it, ultimately. It's so, certainly
1: rooted in the foundation that- of this show. Most
0: definitely. So with that being said, thank you guys once again. Be sure to click the like button, click the subscribe button. That way you guys can continue to get notified of all the new content that we've got. We've got a, we've got a lot, a lot of pieces of content coming out this week in order to get us kicked off for May, ultimately. Again, tomorrow, people, May the 4th, again, we're, we're definitely not going to have, I feel like, as big of a show as we did last year while we were stuck kind of in the middle of, pan- of the pandemic and we were getting to know all the incredible collaborators that, that we've gotten to know, but we'll definitely have something, something pretty big for you guys tomorrow as far as that goes. So. I Listen to uh, and be sure all to there. It's going to be a banger. That, um, just get ready for s- it. As, as Chris is trying to say something while he's muted. But um, oh, I was going to say, uh, I will not definitely-
1: listen to you at all there. It's going to be a banger. Okay. All right, yeah. all right. Don't, all right. Don't listen I'm, I'm, to I'm try, Look, I'm just he's saying, it's going to be a banger. He's too humble sometimes for his own good.
0: Oh wow! Okay, the one time that I try to be humble. Okay, like pick a lane, stick with it. Yeah, I, I can't be egotistical and humble at the same <laughs> time. I can't. It's pick a lane and stick with it. So yeah, follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Talking TV Podcast. Follow me on my on my profiles at Movie Nerd Reviews
1: Facebook and Instagram. Chris, where can the good people find you? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere that matters at Christian Ivanko. Ivanko spelled E V A N K O. I make music, which you can find very niftily handily through the link in my bio i see what you i have did there. Uh, <laughs> some old some old tracks which hey man music's timeless so just because i'm saying it it's old doesn't it mean i don't still love it and care about it go check that out and i'm working on a slew of new music as well through the link in the bio you can find that as well as i have a second podcast called talking with andrew and chris a show about life music and everything in between talking spelled the same way you see right below me and it's also through the link in my bio the link in my bow is very important, guys. Just go click it. I'll see you there.
0: It's very easy. It makes, it makes it very easy to find everything. And so with that being said, people, as always, 12 seasons in a short film, watch more fucking movies, and in this case, one last, okay, see you.